God's will is healing. God's will is healing. So um, we'll talk about it, but I want to talk about it like this. I want to talk about it like you've never heard it before. Like you hadn't heard these verses before. And the reason I want to do that is because I don't want to show a hands of who's sick in here, but I want to show of hands of how many of you in here know somebody that's sick? Huh? Uh-huh, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And how many of you know somebody in here that's really sick? Yeah. So even if it's not for you, maybe you can help them. Okay? Maybe you can help them with some of it, okay? But if we'll listen carefully, I don't care how well you think you know it. The devil is stinking mean. And he's going to come and he's going to try to put sickness on you. I don't care how many verses you know. I don't care how many verses you can quote. I don't care how well you think you know the Bible. I don't care how mature spiritually you think you are. There's not a person in here that he's not going to try to put something on sickness-wise. Because that's his game. Do you know why? Think for just five whole seconds and you'll get it. How many people do you know that is sick? Because it works. It works. It works with Christians. It works with sinners. It works with preachers. It works with non-preachers. It works with everybody. So he doesn't need to look for anything new because he's found something that works. So what we have to decide as Christians is, do we believe the world? Do we believe our flesh? Or do we believe this? Talking loud. But we have to decide that once and for all. We have to decide what we believe. We have to decide if we believe all the stuff the world tells us. If we believe all the feelings our body tells us. Or if we truly do believe what this book tells us. We have to decide. Because it's real easy when you feel good. And there's nothing wrong with your body to say you believe everything in this book. But the minute that they say you have cancer, how easy is it to believe that? What does the devil do immediately? Fear, doubt, question. I know sister so-and-so and and she died with cancer. I know brother so-and-so and and they died with cancer. Mm -hmm. 
I know my mama, she died with cancer. So immediately, those thoughts grab hold to you. And that's when you've got to decide, make that decision, what do you believe the most? And if you haven't made it before those words come to you, then you're in trouble. Because you cannot, I won't say you cannot, but it's really, 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 really hard. Once you're in the throes of stage four cancer, am I making noises? Uh, Stage four cancer to go back and start believing that this is the most important thing when you're in severe pain. You've got to establish something in your heart and say, this word is the most important thing in my life. If I see it in here, it settles it forever. I don't care what it says. If in my heart I believe that's what it means, I'm done. It's over. There's no question. That's the end. Now, how many of you in here are saved? That's what I thought. Everybody. There might be one I missed, but basically everybody in here is saved. So basically, what you said when you got saved is, you believe that. You believed that Jesus and what he said was the truth. Now, how many will be honest and say, I've wavered once or twice. Three quarters of the crowd is going to raise their hand if you're honest. We all have. We've all wavered in it. But tonight, I want us to go back over the healing stuff. And I want us to see it again with new eyes. Can we do that? Can we receive it in our hearts that it's God's word to me? Can we receive it that it's God that did it for us individually? That we believe Jesus, his word, and God. Because we're saved. We're supposed to believe that, right? All right, let's start with the basics. How many of you don't know this one thing? God's will is healing, and the very first thing you have to know is that not only was healing in the Old Testament, but guess what? There's three main points we're going to get to. God said that healing is in the Old Testament, but it's also in the New Testament. So all these people that you have in today's environment that are trying to uh, take away half the New Testament or half the Old Testament or whatever. We don't live by that. We got it in both. So you're secure in that, all right? Yeah. Be already secure. All right, so turn with me to the first one. And understand this before we even get started. You can be turning there. No, don't. Listen to me. You remember Brother Copeland telling this one guy came up to him this one time and he said, um, you didn't give me the whole counsel of God. Why didn't you give me the whole, how did he say it? Does somebody remember it? Yeah, something like that. Huh? You don't preach the whole counsel of God. That's what it was. Yeah. And uh, he looked at him and he said, well, brother, I don't know the whole counsel of God. Yeah. 
Well, I'm going to tell you that tonight. I'm going to tell you some things about these verses. I'm not going to tell you everything about these verses. Okay? If you want to know everything about these verses, maybe you should go home and fast and pray and talk to the Lord about them. And maybe he'll give you the whole counsel of God. But I'm going to tell you some things about these verses. Okay? All right. So uh, I'm not going to tell you the whole counsel of God. Maybe when we get to heaven, we'll get the whole counsel of God. All right. Okay. So here we go. Isaiah 53, 4. Because I'm sure there's people that's really studied this stuff and got doctorates and all this stuff. But you know me, I'm not very theological. I'm more put it into practice. Isaiah 53, 4. Surely, surely, surely. That, just that one word right there. For sure, yeah. For sure. He has borne. Now look at every time it says our, say that with me. Our. Now who's an hour? Some of you's not. Who's an hour in here? Yeah, yeah, I'm an hour, I'm an hour, you're an hour, you're an hour. Okay, yeah, we're, we're hours. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now the Hebrew in that means sicknesses and pains. So we'll put it, surely he has carried, uh, no, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Okay, yet we did esteem him stricken. Now, I did your homework for you, and I went through because I am blonde. Okay, and I don't like to read things in the Bible and not know exactly what they mean. And I really like our new society because when we first got started in this and and Keith was in Bible school and we'd sit in there in the services and sometimes people would say stuff and I wouldn't understand it and you know the Bible says wait till you get home wives to ask your husband's questions well sometimes I'd forget to ask him when we got home so I would do it during the service and it would you know um, because now we have these things called phones you know and we can google it immediately what does this word mean And I like that because things mean different things than you think you do. They mean when you're looking them up. So I looked up these words for you. And yet we did esteem him stricken. A motion to strike. Now listen to this. Listen. Request for a judge to eliminate all or a portion of an answer often used in an attempt to have an entire case or action removed or stricken. Oh, yeah. Does that give you a different idea too? I know it can mean that they struck him, but it can also mean that everything you did, he bore for you. They struck everything you did from the record. How do you like that? How do you like that? Let's read it. It says um, that at a judge's request to eliminate all or portion of an answer, it's often used in an attempt to have an entire case removed or stricken from the court record. I like that. 
when something is stricken, they're not supposed to, maybe they hurt it, but they can't use it against you. That's what Jesus did for you. He took your strickenings. You ever done anything wrong? I'd want it removed. Smitten of God. What does smitten mean? Now you assume you know, don't you? You just read over that, don't you? Smitten means to be overwhelmed or struck by something. Most likely by love. Let me explain. Have you ever seen somebody that's been so smitten like a a young teenager smitten by love that that's overwhelming their life? That's all they can think about. It's overtaken them. He was overtaken by this. Overwhelmed by this. Like smitten even. Overwhelmed with measles. Overwhelmed with grief. Smitten with it. It overtook him. Did you know that meant that? See? It's good to look up stuff. And afflicted. Well, that just means with illness, struck with illness or pain or suffering. Now, let's just read it without adding all the stuff to it. Surely, he's borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Did he do anything for you? Did he bear it for you? All right. Let's look at verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Transgressions? Blonde again. An act that goes against the law, or a code, or a conduct, or just an offense. Did you ever do anything that maybe went against the Bible? Well, he was wounded because of your transgressions. Anything that you did, he took care of it with his wounds. Anything that you did, anything that you did, he did nothing, but anything that you did, he was wounded for it. And he was bruised for our iniquities, our immoral behavior. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but has anybody in here ever acted immorally? Nobody's ever committed adultery. Nobody's ever had an affair. Nobody's ever uh, done anything immoral, stealing, uh, immoral. Huh? He took care of it for you. He took care of that for you. He took care of that for you. He was bruised for, say, he was bruised for my iniquities. My iniquities. The chastisement. Chastisement? 
the act of scolding or punishing someone. You ever heard anybody that's been chastised? Well, it's odd that they would associate that with peace. You ever seen anybody live in a household where somebody chastised them all the time? The Lord took this for them. This is a verse they should stand on continuously. It says, the, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Scoldings, people yelling at you, people taking their temper out on you, people being frustrated with you. It's already been taken care of. Your boss doesn't have to yell at you. Your ex-wife doesn't have to yell at you. Did you know you had a scripture for that? Huh? Your kids don't have to yell at you. Your neighbor doesn't have to yell at you. He already took that for you. He took the chastisement of people chastising you and gave you peace instead. Did you know that was in there? Did you know that's what that verse meant? So I said we was going to start anew. All right. So let's read it from the... uh, And with his stripes, we are healed. Now let me read to you what healed means if you look it up. You got your phone? You you can look it up yourselves. Healed means... First words. Get better. Get well. Be cured. Recover. Mend. Improve. Now, how many of you have thought about when you read these verses and you pray these things, you instantly think, instantaneous. I like instantaneous too, but that's not what that said. It said, with his stripes, we are healed. It means we're constantly getting better. We're staying getting better all the time. So let's read it together. It says, surely, or like somebody yelled out over here, for sure, he has borne. Okay, these people on the front's got it, but what about everybody else? Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Or he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God. Uh, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Glory. Hallelujah. 
We are healed. We are healed. All right, let's look at the next one. Since that's the Old Testament, told you we had some New Testament. Matthew 8, 17. If you don't have these marked in your Bible, mark them. Put stars and stripes around them. And like Brother Hagin said, if you can't mark in your Bible, go buy one or get one of ours back there. Go back there and say, somebody, yeah, help me get a Bible. Mark in it. Matthew eight seventeen That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities. Now, I like this one. I don't know if you've ever looked it up or not, but I kind of did a dance around when I read it. Are you ready for it? Okay, I'm going to tell these people right here because they're ready for it. Okay, who else is ready for it? All right. Himself took our infirmities. Anybody want to guess what that word means? Ah. Uh-uh. Sicknesses is the next. That's the funny part about this. Infirmities and bear our sicknesses is another part in that verse. Let's see what it says. Physical or mental weakness. Physical or mental weakness. Especially. Now get this part. How many people do I have over 55 in here? All right, listen up. Listen up. Especially those brought on by old age. That's what infirmity means. Look it up in your dictionary. Look it up in your concordances. If he would have just wanted to say sickness, he could have left that whole word out. But he didn't. Himself took our infirmities. Physical or mental weaknesses. Say he took took my physical physical or mental mental weakness. weakness. Say it again. He took my physical or mental weakness. Or like Dan just said, he took my physical and mental weakness. We don't have to choose. He took them both. And then go on. He didn't stop there. And he bare our sicknesses. So they're not the same thing. You want to know what a sickness is? Go back to Deuteronomy 28 and look it up for yourself. Do you have a Bible? When you get home, look it up. I'm not going to read all of them off. It includes things like the botch, and it includes things like the itch, and it includes things like the hemorrhoids, and it includes things like fevers. Infections. Diseases. 
The Bible spells them out for you. Tells you what all of them are. And then it says, if you can't think of one, he took that too. He said, if it's not enlisted in here and you hadn't thought of it yet, he got that for you too. Because there may be something that may come up with the new medical dictionary in 2,652 that we hadn't thought of yet. But guess what? It's covered too. So I'm not going to try. I don't know the whole council. I'm not going to try to name every sickness. Because you may have sat there and tried to figure out what your sickness was and studied it on the internet for six years now and come up with this name that I've never heard of. But guess what? It's covered. Doesn't matter how long you studied it. Doesn't matter if there's only one in 6,666 billion that have it. It's covered. Doesn't matter if you're the only one in the whole universe that has it. And it doesn't even have a name yet. If you can't figure out the name for it. If they've done every test in the whole wide world and they haven't given it a name yet, guess what? It's still covered. Doesn't matter. Makes no difference. If it's labeled a sickness or an infirmity, it's covered. If it makes you sick or weak or mental problem, you know, nowadays they've come up with so many different mental problems, especially for kids. Dear kids, bless their hearts. They're covered. They're covered. They're covered. Does it make any difference? If it's an infirmity, let's read it again. You ready to read it again? Okay, Matthew. This is this is the new. Say it with me. New Testament. The New Testament. It says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, "Himself took." Put my in there. Himself took my physical and mental weaknesses, especially those brought on by old age or disease. Especially those brought on by old age or disease. I'm not old yet, but you know what? I've had a few joints here and there that I didn't have before. You know, you kind of you make that noise when you get up. You know what I mean? Are are you, you're, I told Keith the other day, I said, uh, it took me too long to get up from that chair. I didn't like that. You know what I mean? I'm not 22 anymore. But he took it. 
He took it. We don't have to be weak. That's a line from the devil. We don't have to buy his stuff that he's selling us. We have to choose if we're going to go with the world because everybody in the world has been sold this package by the time you get 60. Now it's a little older, 65, 70. You have to be retired and sitting on your front porch in a wheelchair or in a rocking chair. Wearing the pins and bifocals. And hearing aids. Hey, you know it's the truth. But he took our infirmities. And I know I'm staying on this a minute, but I want us to renew our minds. We have a choice. We have a choice to believe the world. To believe what our flesh starts doing. Because your flesh is going to start going that direction. And you're going to have to choose what you believe. You're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to make a choice if you believe Jesus. And you believe what Matthew 8, 17 says. And this book... Or this body. And it may take you a few days of saying this and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, No, he took my infirmities, my physical weaknesses. He took them. And everything you have to bear in old age. Do you know Brother Hagen laid hands on him. I think he was probably 84. He laid hands on, I can't remember how many people, a week before he went home to be with the Lord, I think it was. Just a few weeks anyway. I don't want to exaggerate. He'd he'd straighten me out. He'd be pointing his finger at me. But I fussed at him. He fussed back at me. He said, because you left me. But anyway, um, just a few weeks before he died. In the healing line. Still going. Full steam ahead. Look at Brother Copeland. Look at Gloria. Doesn't she look like she's 16? Or 22? The word works. But we have to work it. It's like Brother Hagin used to tell us, it don't fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You have to work it and make it work in your life. You can't just sit back and, and receive everything that the world tells you And expect your life to be different than the world's. Because we are... Okay, have you ever seen... People think being a Christian is supposed to be this, oh, just happy-go-lucky, and there's never supposed to be any fights or struggles. Or, and they have this mentality of this. Have you ever seen a salmon... against the current. Have you ever seen a little hummingbird? Mm -hmm. What do they have to do? Have 
ever seen a sea turtle? Why is it that God creates creatures that go against the current? He created us. And we can either get in that current and go with the world. Or we can be that salmon. And we can fight the world and just go straight against that current. We're supposed to be a peculiar people. When's the last time somebody called you peculiar? They call me peculiar all the time. But for real. We're not supposed to just blend in with everything they say and do. All right, let's keep going. I ain't got very far and I still got... That's just the first page. I don't want to be Keith. First Peter 2. No, if we only get this, this is what God wanted us to get. First Peter 2, verse 24. This is still the New Testament. Who his own self. Who's his own self? Are you confused? Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. Who his own self bear our sins. Now, look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say, yeah, you sinned. (laughs) Do you know, I had a lady tell me one time she'd never sinned. Sure did. Um, Yeah, it's amazing. It's almost like a miracle. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Now what does righteousness mean? I don't want any big words. I don't want any confusion. Morally right and just before God. That's all it means is that you're just morally right before God. Why? Because He bore your sins. So He made you right. That's it. Simple. By whose stripes, say I, I were, were healed. By whose stripes I were healed. Now, I have a big question for you. How many of you believe these verses? That's what I thought. That's just exactly what I thought. Then why are so many people sick? Oh, it got quiet. You want some answers? Let's go. All right. Look with me. I told you I was going to do it just like you never heard anything before. John 3.16. Anybody ever heard that verse before? Uh For God so loved the world... 
He gave his only begotten son. Read the next two words with me. That whosoever. That whosoever. That whosoever. That whosoever. Okay. And him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, is it possible that God sent his son Jesus to the world for the whole wide world, but yet and still there's going to be people that go to hell? What's the difference between them and you? They don't believe. They don't believe. They don't believe that Jesus took their sins for them. They don't believe that he died for them. They don't believe that they can be clean and washed no matter what they've done. They believe that what they've done is worse than what Jesus did for them. They don't believe it. You ever met anybody like that? They believe that nobody could pay that kind of price for them, that they're too bad. They're too mean. They don't believe it. Why aren't people healed? Let's look at Mark 16, 15. Same thing. And he said unto them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that what? Believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that what? Believeth not shall be damned. Now, salvation belongs to every person. You could meet somebody on the street. You could meet somebody that just murdered a hundred people. And what's the difference between you and that person? Believing. Believing. Jesus died for them and paid the price for them. It's the only difference. Absolute only difference. Do you know that the word saved in the Greek means sozo? Sozo. Sozo. In the Greek. Do you know that that word means save or saved? It's the very same word. Whole or healed. Preserve or well. Save or saved. Whole or healed, preserve or well. The very same word that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, you say that person is saved. That person would then be whole, healed, preserved, and well. Do you know the difference? 
Because when they came up or when they said that, they only believed they were not going to hell anymore. They were going to heaven and that their sins were washed away. That's all they believed. Now, if they believed at that very same moment that it means whole, heal, preserve, well, they would be whole, heal, preserve, and well. Now, how many of you believe as strongly that you are whole, healed, preserved, and well as you do saved? It's all about what the devil has convinced us of. That's all it is. It's all what we... How many people could talk you out of being saved? Nobody. Could they tell you if you stole something today, you were going to hell? No. Could they tell you if you slapped somebody or kicked somebody or you had an affair or you robbed something or you killed somebody? Anybody in here? Because what would you do? You run to First John 1, 9. And you confess your sins. Because he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you'd know immediately that you were going to heaven. But what does the devil immediately do? If you mess up. You've got that sickness because of right, what you did. But it's the same word. It is the very same word. And if you can run to God and know that you're saved with that very same verse, you can run to God and know that you're healed with that very same verse. It's the very same thing. Saved is saved. Healed is healed. And there ain't nothing you've done that the devil can convince you that's bigger than Jesus taking these stripes on his back. It's not going to erase them. You're not going to take the biggest eraser in the whole wide world or the biggest jar of white out and erase those stripes on his back. He did that just exactly like he went to hell, just exactly like he bore your sins, just exactly like he did everything else that day. And it ain't going to change one thing. You can keep that sickness till you die and go to heaven. Or you can repent and say, get your butt out of here. Because I'm just as healed as I am saved. That's right. Amen. 
Now, if God didn't want us to be healed, completely healed, every person healed, from the smartest to the dumbest to the intellectual to the one that just got saved to the one that's been in the Word for millennia, however long you've been in the Word, to the one that knows what I'm talking about tonight, to the one that doesn't know what I'm talking about tonight, He would not have given us so many ways to get healed. You want to know a few of them? These three people do. Y'all said yes too? Okay. People don't think, number one, people don't think God did this. But they're not smart enough. They can't grace their self. They can't give their self stuff. But God gave us doctors. So if you just got saved, you're not strong enough in the Word. Go to the doctor. Till you can get strong enough to get the Word in you so you don't die. But during that time, get this Bible out. And start deciding, I depend on this more than I do that. But God gave us doctors. We're not against them. So whoever says that about us, you lie. We've paid for people to go to the doctor. We've paid hospital bills. We've paid for medicine. Is that God's best? No. But I'd much rather pay for you to go to the hospital and the doctor than die. Give us a chance to get some menu to where you can live. Okay? Then number two. Through special gifts. Turn to 1 Corinthians 12. What time is it anyway? Oh, it's late. And I got eight of these to go. We'll read through them quickly. You can put them down in your notes. We'll just read them quickly. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But for the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For the one is given the Spirit of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit to another, faith by the same Spirit to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit to another, working of miracles to another, prophecy to another, discerning of spirits to another, diverse kinds of tongues. So, Number one way, or two, number two way, is uh, through special gifts. That often happens when people are young or immature, and they don't know enough about the Word. God will give a special manifestation for someone to minister to them healing, to put them over the hump. All right, number two. Three. Three. Through the laying on of hands. Believers. Mark 16, 17. 16 and, uh, you know, 16, 17. And these signs shall follow. How many believers do I have in here? Didn't say, and these signs shall follow preachers. 
It says them that believe. But do you know what? You have to believe. You, do you know what? You have to believe. Do you know what? You have to believe. And do you know what else? You should be doing. Every church member in here. I mean, let's finish reading the verse, then I'll go into it. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. How many in here speak with new tongues? Is that in the same verse? Okay. Just want to make sure. And they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them, and they shall... And it's a possibility. One out of one million. They shall recover. But the first part of that is you have to believe. So you have to start with believing it for yourself. You have to start with believing it for yourself. That you're just as healed as you are saved. Say, I'm just as healed. As I, am saved. as I am saved. I'm just as healed. I'm just as healed. As I am saved. I am just as forgiven. As I am forgiven for healing. And forgiven for salvation. It's the same. That's what you have to start believing every day when you wake up and that pain hits. How many of you ever, ever had a pain hit? And you try to stand and resist it. What's the first thought that comes to your mind? Huh? You messed up. You remember what you said to her? You remember how you treated her? You remember what you did? What's the first thing you should do? No, you already repented. Huh? First thing you should do is what we did. I told you. Just stand up. You didn't get it. So we're going to have to practice it. (laughs) Then I'll let you sit back down. We're not done. First thing you have to do when the devil comes to you and he tells you, after you've repented, he tells you, you've got that sickness. He tells you, you're not getting better. Do you know? That you stole that. Do you know that you lied? Do you know that you, um, huh? Whatever. You did all those bad things, okay? Whatever they were, you did them, okay? Magnified. Multiplied. But you repented for every one of them, okay? They're under the blood. They're gone. God doesn't remember them anymore. But the next day you wake up and you feel exactly the same way. And the devil says, you ain't going to be healed. Don't you remember what you did? You say, get your butt out of here. Y'all didn't do it. I'm older than most of you in here. Get your butt out of here. Sometimes you have to yell at the devil because I think he's hard of hearing. Get your Get your butt out of here. And kick him out. 
Kick him out of your mind. Kick him out of your house. Kick him out of your thoughts. Kick him out of everything. If there's a, a feeling, you can sit down. But I want you to do that. I wanted you to practice it because I want you to do it. When those symptoms come, you stand up on your feet because you don't have any infirmities because you're not old. And you kick him out because you're just as saved. You're just as healed as you are saved. So he has no place in your life. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right. Let's keep going because I'm running, running behind. Believers. So that way, when you get that taken care of, we need every person in here healed. Every person healed. Brother Hagin used to say this all the time. Healing is the dinner bell. It's the dinner bell. If everybody in here is healed... And you go to work tomorrow. And somebody finds out they're sick. And you just love on them and love on them and love on them. And they say, how are you so well? Oh. Oh. Open door. Open door. Don't press them. But open door. It's time. It's time to pray for them. It's time to lay. God's going to give us opportunities. He's going to open doors for us to be able to do this. Don't shrink back Mm -hmm. because you're not well in your own life. Mm -hmm. Believe it. You heard enough on it tonight. Start believing it. And start praying for people. Mm -hmm. Because people can get healed even if they're not saved. Because it will bring them right on in. God will heal them and then save them. You think of all those people Jesus healed, you think there was one of them that wasn't saved? I think not. All right, number four. It says James 5, 14. Is there any sick among you? Now he's talking to a church. I don't want to ask that. Because I know the answer. But, if you look at it in different translations and stuff, it says, is there any beyond healing themselves? Because everybody in here should be able to, with the verses I've already given you, is there any beyond healing themselves? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall, maybe, if he feels like it, raise him up. And if he's committed sins. Now, why is that in the same verse? Because it is the same word, the same thing, healed and forgiven. Healed and forgiven. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Healed. Say, I'm healed. I'm healed. And I'm saved. And I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm healed. And I'm saved. And I'm saved. 
Those two are, are just right there together. All right. Number five. Through the prayer of agreement. Matthew 18, 19. And again I say unto you, that if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That's why Keith's all the time telling us, have a faith buddy. Have a faith buddy. The devil may be kicking your butt. And it's time to call that faith buddy and say, you know what? He keeps telling me I'm, I'm not healed. I'm not healed. Time to get that buddy to do a little dance with you. Do an arm and arm kick. You know? Get your kicks going. Y'all just go in that house and kick him all out. Get your faith buddy going with you. And in a prayer of agreement. Get it going, all right? Two people that agree. All right? All right, number six. This is one of my favorites. Job 42.10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. You've been, you've been wrapped up. You've been tied up. You've been bound up. By anything? Overwhelmed by anything? Here's your answer. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Look at this next part. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Why in the world is everybody in here as blonde as me? Why wouldn't we have got this by now? Why do we just think about ourselves so much when it says if we'd start praying for our friends, everything would turn around and we'd get twice as much as what we already had. Because the devil wants to keep you focused on you and how bad you're hurting and how bad you're broke and how bad your situation is. Because he knows if you stop and look up and look around you and start praying for other people, you're going to be all better and you're going to get twice as much as what you had. So he's going to do his best to get some of those horse blinders and put them on you to where this is all you can see. You're not going to be able to go anywhere. You're not going to be able to do anything. He's got you bound up. But the way to change that is to shake him off and get up and start, yeah, kick his butt out and start praying and thinking about other people. Start thinking about other people. And if you don't know other people to start thinking about, get here. Get on one of the senior teams. Get on one of the ground teams. There'll be somebody you can pray for. There'll be things that you can do. 
But quit thinking about yourself. How many of you could use twice as much as what you have? Don't be blonde. Okay, number seven. John 16, 23. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. This one, we ask in the name of Jesus. In that day, you shall ask me nothing. This is God talking. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your what? Your antidepressant bottle. May be full. No. It says, ask, and maybe you will receive. It's a possibility if I like you today, or if you haven't sinned today. Or if you didn't have an affair, or if you didn't uh, do something I didn't tell you to do, or sleep with the piano player. Or steal the building fund? No. It said ask. Now this is all after you repented, right? We did that already, right? And you shall receive that your what? May be a quarter of the cup. Now I asked you how many of you could use some more. Double. How many of you could use some more joy? Joy. How many people in the world could use some more joy? We got to rub it off on them, guys. If it's the same thing as the healing, if we don't have it, where are they going to get it? We have to ask. When's the last time you asked the Lord for joy? Craig says today. He's the only one. Two. Three. Yeah, a few people, yeah. A few people ask for joy. Write it down. Write the verse down. Go home. These are not things you have to do in church. This, this didn't say, when you get to church, and you get around people of the same belief, and it's the organ music is playing, and you're dancing, and Mrs. Moore is a-shouting and a-sweating. <laughs> then, you hadn't asked me for joy in my name. Verse 24, hitherto have you asked for joy in my name. Ask. And you shall receive that your joy may be full. You know, we use this verse a lot. You may want to know, you know. uh, When people are having surgery, we use it a lot, asking in Jesus' name. We ask in Jesus' name that he would direct the surgeon's hands. That they would do a better than textbook procedure on that person. 
that He would anoint their hands. And that everything would go really well during the procedure. If you know someone having surgery, do that. But then after surgery, we ask this. The Lord told Brother Hagin one time when he broke his arm to ask him. Now, don't just tell him. You hear what I'm saying? Ask him. After they've had the surgery and they've got this big gaping scar or they've got something else going on with them. Ask him. He said, if you'll ask me, the Lord told Brother Hagin this. If you'll ask me, I'll speed up the healing processes in your body. Now, we always, you know, the scar will automatically heal eventually. Or a wound will heal eventually. But the Lord can speed up the healing processes. So we always ask this in Jesus' name. So these are things that you can do also. All right. And then, number eight. And this is what I want us to do tonight before we leave. I want to remind you of this verse, and then I'll read this one. 1 Peter 2.24. And we've talked about it a lot, but I want to read it to you so you remember. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, how can we be dead to sin? Because we confessed them. First John 1 9, he took care of them. We, we got saved, or and if we sinned again, we confessed it, it's washed away. Should live unto righteousness. And the last verse, read it with me. I was healed. I was healed. I was healed. So number eight. One of the, another way, I'm not going to say this is all the ways, but just another way that God gives us to prove that he wants us well. How many of you see that these are things that God wants us well? He's given all these ways. Surely you can see that if he's giving all these ways for us to be well, He's trying to get it across to every person, one way or another, that you can get well. If you can't believe it for yourself, then you can call the elders. If you can't call the elders, then the Lord might give somebody a word of knowledge. And if He doesn't give somebody a word of knowledge, then He might have your friends go to a friend and say, Can you just believe with me? I mean... There's a lots of ways that he's trying to show us that he wants us well. But this is one of the best, in, to me, we should all just live in every day as we grow. Through our own faith that God gives us. Through our own faith. Mark 11, 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Or in other words, have faith in this Bible. For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall... 
have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Believe that you receive them. I asked you a question at the very, after the first three things, before we started reading all these reasons. Why are so many people sick? Because they have not believed it. They have not believed it. How many of you's faith has grown just hearing this tonight? Absolutely. You can feel it in here. You can feel it in here. Feel it in here. Janet Parker, get up here. I know you're off tonight, but get up here anyway. Let's sing The Glory Is Here. Yeah. Can you sing it? She may can sing it. Yeah, if she can sing it, then that's fine. They know it by themselves? All right, then you just do it by yourself then. They don't need her. They don't need her. Stand up. They're going to get ready to sing this song. And I believe with everything in my heart that there's been some changes made in here tonight. I believe some people have